0: Coffee. Hey Are you ready to talk I'm about so our ready. ranking of Universal monster movies? At least the eight we watched. <laughs> there are many more.
1: There are. And I was so curious of how Universal even got into this, just because, you know, you and I know living here, especially in having Universal Studios right there, like they're known for their monsters. Absolutely. And, I remember going to the the live show back in the day when they would have the monsters all come out on Mm -hmm. stage Mm -hmm. and the bride and you don't see them. I mean, I don't really go to Universal outside of Horror Nights anymore, but there was a time where you did go to Universal and Frankenstein was walking around and the bride was walking around. It was very much a big part of what Universal I can tell you they do
0: still walk around.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that they do because, you know, sometimes you go to the parks and I'm all about making things relevant Mm -hmm. and updating but you know this is this is universal to me absolutely this is spielberg
0: yeah especially frankenstein and the bride those are ones that you'll that you see walking around there so the bride's
1: a fun one they keep it alive that's good so i just to give some people reference to this folks who maybe haven't watched these or don't know as much about universal just some bullet points here so universal was founded by carl lemley and some people know his name because there's lemley theaters mm-hmm. and things like that so carl lemley in 1912 the, he was like universal was actually considered a small studio alongside two other studios columbia pictures and united artists united artists i think was Chaplin. If I remember correctly, I, I could, I might be misquoting that, but I believe that was his. And these three were referenced to as, as the little three, the yeah. little three, those three, which is funny because those all three funny, of
0: them became. Pretty big. Those funny independent Those tiny
1: little, you know, universal <laughs> studios, United always stayed kind of small, but uh, Columbia and universal grew. So once universal caught on to the audience's appetite for grotesque and thrilling themes, In the 1920s, Universal went, "Uh, you know what? We're going to (laughs) capitalize on this. And they then focused on pioneering and really leading the way and capitalizing on the horror genre. So they thought among all of these monsters that we'll talk about today, there was a commonality among them, which was this depiction of being an outsider, which Mm -hmm. you and I have talked about on other shows, Mm -hmm. and this ability to pull sympathy from the audience, um, but also... Level of revulsion from people as well, and and m- the majority of them, with the exception of a few, were really driven by the desire to be accepted. And I think that's why uh, when we talk about, if you go back to the the episode I did on queer horror, some of that is really connected. And um, you know, some but some of these others were were known
0: to be driven more by depravity. So well,
1: that was that's a little bit just about about Universal and how they even got into that.
0: So yeah, and I looked it up United Artists was chaplain. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Thank you. Yep. So today we are going to rank eight Universal Monster movies. What we did is we talk at more at length, like 15, 20 minutes about each one of these movies for our patrons. Some of you might have listened to the like five or six minute clips that I've been posting on Mondays of our of our Patreon content. And so those those 5 or 6 minutes often get into you know 11 15 20 minute discussions about each one of those movies and so what we're going to do today for you guys who might not be patrons is rank them all and we'll just give a couple of qualities we won't go into the whole thing again of course but we'll give a couple of qualities of each one and and why it's ranked that way for us but we're going to what we're going to do is best to worst actually we shall. Because the worst ones are kind of sometimes the more interesting ones. So we're going to go best to worst. Overall, Kathy, when I look at my ranking, it looks to me like I would say five of these are, I would say, good movies. Like out of the eight, I would say the top five for me are are good and I would recommend. And the, t- and the bottom three are, for me, I would say, eh, I'm really interested. I have a feeling I know your order. But yeah, because we've had so much conversation about <laughs> yeah, these. Yeah,
1: but but also like, I think that you and I maybe have a very similar order. I'm guessing. Shannon and I do not know how we ordered these, mm-hmm. and I'll be curious to see where we're different because I think. What's so your, what's
0: your number one? So my number one is the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, okay, was not expecting that. <laughs> I guess she didn't know. <laughs> she's like, wait, what? (laughs) Out of the gate surprises. Uh, So the Bride of Frankenstein, we are specific. I am specifically talking about the 1935 75 minute uh, original title was Bride of Frankenstein. I guess now it's morphed into the Bride of Frankenstein drama, horror, sci-fi. Mary Shelley reveals the main characters of her novel survived. Dr. Frankenstein goaded by an even, Matter scientist builds his monster a mate, and for me, this movie was smart and engaging and metaphoric. And Boris Karloff is awesome. And I also saw, even though this is wildly different than the Mary Shelley's characters and the books and the book and such, it's had some metaphors and flavor and emotion that's in the book that I could kind of tease out, although the story, none of that is the same to me, but obviously, cause this is a bride of Frankenstein, but I, I don't know. I really liked this one. I, I love some of the quotes. It made me laugh at times, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway. Okay. What's your number? Uh, oh my- I think I know. I'm
1: sure you do. Which one?
0: The invisible man. It is. <laughs>
1: I love Claude Rains so much in this movie. So this is 1933. Um, this is pre-code. Pre the Hays Code, I believe. Science fiction horror film. Dr. Jack Griffins, played by Claude Rains, the Invisible Man, is covered in bandages and his eyes obscured by dark glasses, the result of a secret experiment that makes him invisible, taking lodging in the village of Iping. Never leaving his quarters, the stranger demands that the staff leave him completely alone until his landlady and the villagers (laughs) discover he is invisible. He is neurotic. He is flamboyant. He is manic. He is narcissistic. He's all the things that we hate in real life that make a character so much fucking fun. Yeah. I just thought this was a fun movie
0: i did too and that's why it's my number two okay so those two were really very different types of movies like the invisible man to me is it's listed as a horror sci-fi but it's you know it's a comedy for sure it's a comedy sci-fi i think yeah it's got a lot of comedy and i get why it was horror for the time but it's it wouldn't we wouldn't look at it necessarily as horror now but it's hilarious like it was funny and it was engaging. That was, I think, its best quality, is that it was engaging from beginning to end. A lot of times it's hard to watch movies from the 30s for uh, our contemporary sensibilities, but this one, not hard at all. Like, it no. moved, and it was an H.G. Wells script. So it, 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 that's right. That it makes is, sense. It's, it <laughs> it's does. It's well-written.
1: It's so well-written. And basically, like, the guy is just this grandiose like megalomaniac he he wa- he wants to get dr cranley to buy in taken over the world with him mm-hmm. he's throwing shit around like every scene is so over the top yeah and it's, good and stuff. it's so good that's
0: my number one Okay, so I think you need to do your number two, because I just said what my number two is.
1: A Creature of the Black Lagoon. Okay. I love this movie for so many reasons, and this, this one is, I love it for maybe the exact opposite reason, which to me, it's actually a sad story. I think that the creature is misunderstood. I think the creature is trying to live his life, and to me, it's like, not to get too deep, but there's a level of like you know, taking over, colonizing this area where they want to pathologize this creature because they go into his space and clearly he's going to have a violent reaction to that. Mm-hmm. And they are experimenting and and probing him. And the the woman in the film, you can tell that there's a, you know, a conflict in how she feels about what's going on. And, and in some ways has to feign this fear of him, but really there's a part of her that's really empathizing, especially being a woman, and she herself being a minority in some way, shape, or form. I just think that everything from the metaphor to the story to the 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 guy who played the creature I thought was wonderful considering he did not have one line. The effects and the... Um, the costume of the creature at that time, the the way that they did his whole thing, the way that it was shot, I thought it was really well done.
0: Yeah, Boris Karloff was the creature. Yeah, the creature, yeah, that's right. This is my number three, so we're pacing a little bit now. (laughs) So I'll just mention that I liked this for many of the reasons you said. I liked it because it's an actual horror movie. It is. It actually came off like a horror movie, whereas the first two I've mentioned felt more definitely more sci-fi this one is also you know this one's definitely a horror movie with a monster like there's an actual monster whereas I don't know Frankenstein doesn't feel like a monster I'm sure it did at the time but Mm -hmm. it certainly doesn't now and I also in and it's very serious I liked the fact that there were relationships that were developed yes and that you could, if you chose to like care about the characters and what happened to them and how they were navigating the situation. And so I just thought that was unique in these ones. Yeah, it's, it's good. So that's my number three. So now you got to say your number four or your number three. Cause um,
1: my number three is the Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Uh, 1925 Lon Chaney. This is a silent film. It's not very long, but to me, the atmosphere, it reminds me of like, like a film noir, like a German film noir. It's, it's really eerie. I think that the Phantom actually, this feels like a horror film to me and it actually, he freaks me out. I want, I want to, I mean, it's hard to be scared by some of these older movies Yeah, and I think that Lon Chaney's portrayal of the Phantom is really believable and he's actually a monster in this film. Mm-hmm. He's, creepy as hell and it's effective phantom's been done so many times and to think that out of all of the times that it's been redone whether it's been for broadway or the new one that came out with gerard butler my god Mm. the one that came out that you and i watched from like the 40s or whatever 50s whatever it was that was terrible this one is very effective it's incredibly dark yeah so
0: great awesome My, okay, so I'm going to move on to my number four. And my number four is Dracula, 1931, 75 minutes. You know, this is Bela Lugosi, so there's nothing wrong with that no. <laughs> at all. My issue with this movie and the reason why it didn't rank higher, because I really went into this thinking that Dracula would be my number one mm. in many ways, but it it's so slow and it lags so bad in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I just, it was difficult to, to go forward, but I did feel like it was horror, but it lost my attention in the middle. And I really feel like Bela Lugosi is the reason that it ranks so high. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, that's why it's number four and not higher, but it's, it's not really any lower. Okay. So So my
1: number uh, four is for similar reasons and it's the Wolfman. Okay, I love Lon Chaney Jr. in this, and I think that when I think of Universal horror, this is the movie that really stands out to me. Because if you've ever been to Universal and you've ever done the backlot tour, there's still a lot of pieces of the set, and they always reference, you know, this is this is the area where they shot the Wolfman. There's something about the story that's very tragic, although there's there are horror elements to it as well. I don't think the the watching it just like Shannon talked about with Dracula there are points where you it dips down a little bit and what holds it for me are the the special effects for 1941 were quite sophisticated and the set all of that is really what keeps me there the fog the atmosphere the story's fine so that's where why he's like kind of right in the middle for me
0: yeah so we're pacing again because the wolf man's number five for me okay like I said in the beginning, these first five, for me, I would recommend. I would say these are solid movies. I liked The Wolfman for the horror aspect, for the special effects. And I would add, because it's pretty emotional, there's a way that it ends and there's some qualities to it that are familial and emotional and relationship-oriented, but it it it's more, much more atmospheric. I mean, there's like a scary witch lady in it that I dig and, and all of this. Like I like all of that, but it just, it drags so badly that I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Melva. No.
1: Melva, Melva. is the, is the woman you're talking about. I know. I liked her. So for me, number five is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein is fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I wanted more cause it's James Whale and he did the invisible man. And I, I, He was pretty legendary at the time. He was known for doing a lot of Universal stuff. Again, you have to appreciate the fact that the makeup and the effects and all of that were really fun. Boris Karloff, enough said, he's fantastic in this role. I thought that he personalized the role, and I've watched his documentary where he talks about the conflicts that he had with James Whale and how he wanted to make... Frankenstein a little bit more empathetic those things but the movie itself the story doesn't really keep my interest he keeps my interest mm-hmm. the monster keeps my interest you know then you have the classic scene of you know it's a
0: lot of that yeah. you know and
1: that there's your moment of there's of a that. couple of fun bits and yeah. there's a couple of fun bits but it just is It it's just kind of there. I you know we think of Frankenstein being one of the better ones because the monster is so fascinating and Mm -hmm. he's so much fun. You know, and he's nothing like the Mary Shelley, but for from a horror place. But the movie itself,
0: eh. yeah. I mean, so my number six is Frankenstein, and you know, I I'm a fan of this story, and that's why I like Bride of Frankenstein so much more is because. This Frankenstein, because I think because of the star and the director's issues with each other about the script and the character, I just found that the character was so inconsistent in the way it acted and if nothing else all of these other movies the the monsters are consistent <laughs> like they you might hate the movie but the monster acts consistently throughout it and i get that frankenstein is often portrayed as and is portrayed here too as having like more emotion and more range of experience than your average monster but <laughs> it's just it just ends up being kind of boring and there's not a lot, there's not a lot, any horror in it really. Yeah. And I would have much preferred, honestly, if they went a funny direction, <laughs> but yeah. obviously they weren't going to do that at that yeah. time. I mean, the Invisible Man being the exception. But yeah, so Frankenstein's my number six.
1: Okay. My number six is Dracula. Mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi was really fun in this. I think when we talked about this on Patreon, I had mentioned how this was the first time the Bram Stoker's Dracula had actually been portrayed on film. But really when you watch it and if you read a little bit more about it, it it follows more of like German expressionism and Nosferatu, it's closer to that as far as like the artistry of it. Mm-hmm. He's wonderful in it, but the movie is not good. <laughs> the movie's just not no. good. And so I have it as six mostly for him, but I man, I mean, man, I, I put it on three times and I think I had an attention span of six minutes of it.
0: Yeah. Kind of very yeah. slow, slow moving. Yes. <laughs> my number seven is The Mummy. Okay. And my number eight... My worst one is Phantom of the Opera. Now, Kathy and I watch different different versions. That would have of been Phantom my eight Opera. as well if I watched yours. We watch different versions of Phantom of the Opera, so hopefully you can understand why it's my worst one. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I give you both of I give you the end here because it's not powers of deduction are not difficult. Like I know I know what Kathy's last ones are. Yeah. The Mummy for both of us. <laughs> That's my le- that's my eight. Okay, so yeah, uh, give us your the rest of your list, and we'll okay. just talk about the the trash altogether.
1: So I have Bride of Frankenstein as number seven mm-hmm. for the reason that I just wanted more of her.
0: I, and, I remember, and you and I feel really fucking cheated
1: that. because I love her, and I, I gotcha. think her
0: character is fucking amazing. Yeah, there's so many other movies where she's. I mean, there's other movies where she's the focus, but yes, I can understand. But you why. get
1: like. It's called The Bride of Frankenstein. I understand. And you get three minutes of her But it's also
0: on brand. It is. <laughs> like, it makes sense to me. It's like, yeah. I wanted the lady. <laughs> well, I wanted the wife. But it'd be like calling it Frankenstein and getting
1: him for two minutes at the end. Oh, I would have been just pissed. Oh, it all the time. Pissed. Werewolf, yeah.
0: whatever. Then yeah. there's no werewolf. Right. No, I,
1: I totally get so why. She's so great in that switch. little bit of time that she's on. And the story leading up to it is, it it's fine. So that's why. I wanted more bride.
0: Yeah. And then your number eight. The mummy. Okay, great. That piece of shit. Right. So um, my Phantom of the Opera, the Phantom of the Opera that I watch is the 1944 one. And it's last because it's bad. Oh, it's so bad. What year was it? 1945, 1944. 1944.
1: That's where I said Christine was no angel of music.
0: Yeah, it's rapey, it's creepy, it, the music is really awful, and I realized this became an incredibly famous musical on Broadway and toured all over the place. I I can't say to watch this movie. like It's just insufferable. It's not the 1925 one that, that Kathy watched that's actually a silent film, so... They're different. They're very different. And then the mummy is down there too. I imagine if I'd watched the one you watched the mummy, the mummy would still be last or second to last. It's 1932. It's such a shame. (laughs) It's a fantasy horror. A resurrected Egyptian mummy searches Cairo for the girl he believes to be his long lost princess. And this is Boris Karloff as well. And, His performance is good. Of course, it always is with Boris. But this thing, this thing is so boring. It's not a monster movie. It's some kind of existential crisis. Well, and like politics. And politics it's some sort of existential <laughs> crisis it's like the mummy having an existential crisis oh, like you're one, so right there's like one shot in it where it's kind of cool where you see like the little wraps that he's in he comes out of the coffin and the little wraps are like trailing him out and so you know he's going to go out into the world like that this is within the first five minutes and then the rest of the movie is a fucking existential crisis it's a political campaign with a political thing where and then he's trying to like mind meld everybody and staring into their eyes and it's just it's weird. It's The effects are cool. The makeup's bizarre. great. Of this course. is where universal.
1: I mean this is But that's what you know about that's all right. these
0: movies, right? Like that's a given. It's like Kathy saying it's called the Bride of Frankenstein. I wanted more Bride. Like it's a given that all these movies are going to have great special effects. But yeah, that's the what money known was for. bad. Yeah. I think we bad. can agree boring unfortunately <laughs> but bad and boring and thank you for listening yeah we hope we weren't bad and boring but <laughs> <laughs> love you anyway if you haven't seen these though yeah they're fun to go back and watch yeah i mean i think we would both say that if you're open to if you have a sense of humor about psychopathy and small towns and all the thing, like the invisible man is a super solid recommendation out of all of these Yes, I think we would both agree um, on that one quick. in particular. Well, and I think that's the one that surprised us the most. Yes, I so, didn't
1: expect it to be that funny. Yeah,
0: and I didn't expect that Dracula and Frankenstein would be sort of dull. Which tells you. so fucking famous. Well, it tells you that's because the creatures are fun. Not the movies. And at the time, like, and the lore over the years, like Dracula's been remade a thousand times and all this. And when they remake The Invisible Man, it's not really The Invisible Man. It's not the spirit of the original movie. But you know what's next then? What's next? I want to see what Hammer does with these. Yeah. So what we're going to do in the the spring sometime is we're going to watch some Hammer movies and do a similar thing. We'll pick, you know... A handful, a couple handfuls of them, and do that. But right now on the Patreon, we're doing the Menendez brothers, so we're we're waist deep in that at the moment, and we will continue to do that. And we thank you very much for listening today to the show. Happy fall, I guess. Yeah, happy fall. Fall or winter? No. Mm. Is it winter though? if it's not january that's (laughs) true i don't know yeah i guess it's winter some places it's certainly not winter in california Well, i mean we don't really have one i mean it's a lot cooler than arizona they're like oh it's gonna rain it's gonna rain like
1: drizzle 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 it's like
0: really okay thank you so much for listening to the show
1: thank you for listening to shannon's diatribe
0: (laughs) thanks for listening to terror talk my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone